Real Golf Radio. It's a reround now on the team. Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Protecting the rights of you and your loved ones. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio. Hey, welcome in. It's hour number three of Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, right here with you on 1280 The Zone every Saturday morning, 6 to 9. Appreciate you being along with us. Our producer, Dave Glauser, as well. It's just a pleasure to talk golf with you here in our 20th year on 1280 The Zone. Just uh, really fun times. And fall golf is uh, upon us, although the weather... Not as uh, not as fun. Kind of reminding us that it's coming to an end. So get out and enjoy it while you can, because otherwise it's roadies down to St. George or further south to obtain some green grass and some good weather. Uh, nonetheless, we'll enjoy it while we got it. That's football season. It's great golf weather. It's my favorite time to be here in the state of Utah, and we appreciate you tuning in when you can. Saturday morning, 6 to 9, here from the Hoops Vision Studios and our good friends at Zions Bank sponsoring the show as well. Um, thanks to all of our great sponsors on Real Golf Radio. Bob, it's, it's a fun weekend. Tony Finau playing over across the pond with Ryan Smith of Qualtrics. They played their first round with a couple of Justins, Rose and Timberlake alongside. And, you know, that is some cool stuff. If all of us out there who are just real golf geeks, we just love getting out and playing golf, and we have jobs for a living. We don't play golf for a living. And, you know, you look at Ryan Smith, and the guy just, you know, starting in his dad's basement, builds this amazing business, turns out to be an empire, sells it for billions, and now he's out there walking the hallowed grounds of the home of golf with Justin Timberlake and Justin Rose and Tony Finau. And he's on golf channel. I mean, how cool is his life right now? I mean, that's, and he's got a house by the way on boardwalk or park place or whatever (laughs) you want to call it on the 18th freaking green at Pebble beach. I mean, the guy is living the golf life right now. Yeah. And you know, he he has an opportunity to play every year at Pebble beach in, in the AT&T. Um, so this is just kind of a, a continuation of this, but, uh, on, on the other side of the other side of the world across the pond, it's, it's pretty fun when you ha- have an opportunity to be able to do things like that, play with a guy like Tony Finau, who is currently, um, at 11 under par three shots back there in Scotland. And those guys are, I think are, uh, probably about eight or uh, I, I can't remember exactly what they are, but they're. They're they're playing some good golf, and you know we had Tony on a few weeks ago before he left to go over and play in London at the BMW, and he said that uh, that Ryan's handicap travels well. Yeah, he did like that, didn't he? <laughs> he did like that. So it's pretty fun to be able to to see how these local guys in Utah are able to go out and play and and have a good time. This the game of golf is is a great opportunity to play some great venues and some great places all around the world. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's obviously one of the, and we talk about it all the time. And if you're not an avid golfer and you're happen to be listening right now, you're like, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is, is that guys like Tony Romo, you know, they, they Steph Curry guys that have reached the pinnacle of their other sports, just get hooked on this game because it, as Steph said earlier in the week, it brings out those competitive juices. It's mm-hmm. really unique that way, and guys just thrive on it. Whether you're competitive in business, competitive in another sport, what have you, golf is one of those things that just brings it out at, in you, and you can 
it, you can always get better. The caddy loves to tell the story about the guy that three putted to shoot 59 and he was ticked because it was, and even though he shot the best score on the PGA tour, he, he could have shot one better. And that's how we are. We got this brain damage, but it's also really more of that competitive fire and the challenge of the game to always get just a little bit better. I can always do a little better. I can always, maybe I can do better on this particular hole. Phil Mickelson is hoping to do better on the fifth hole at the North Course of Silverado, where he aced two out of bounds, trying to go for the par five and two with a six iron. Did the same thing a year ago. So (laughs) everybody has things that they want to get better at. And that's just, that's the drive. That's, that's what the game of golf has to offer. It's what Mike Weir is working on. And he joined us in the first hour and you'll hear from him coming up in a moment about what he's working on and how he's trying to get ready for the PGA tour champions. So all for all of those things, it is a, the, the game is, is awesome. And, and I love it. I love seeing Tony Romo, Steph Curry, you know, Bill Murray, Justin Timberlake, Ryan Smith. I love all these guys that are just out there embracing the game, playing the game and promoting the game. You know, and those, those professional athletes, the guys that, uh, like Romo and, and Steph Curry and stuff, those guys are used to having a cast around them. They're used to having a team with them. This is an individual sport. And when you're able to, like, like he said, compete and feel that competition as an individual and where it's only you, it's a totally different realm and, and really gets, like he said, the juices flowing. So it's, it's really cool to be able to, uh, to see these guys compete. And it's not too different than what uh, Steph's going to be facing. He is used to having a cast around him and he's not going to have so much around him because yes. one of those guys is in Brooklyn. Another one has an actual cast and you know, now he's going to be somewhat on his own, sort of like his golf game out there trying to win another NBA champion. <laughs> I don't feel bad for him, and I don't think he feels bad for himself. It's been unbelievable. So, anyway, pretty cool stuff happening around the game of golf, no doubt about it. Um, We got a great show for you. If you're just uh, joining us and you didn't happen to catch the first couple of hours, we've got more content than we can even fit into this hour. But we're going to do our best to share some of our favorites and, and what took place. America's favorite caddy was fantastic. We get into some pro am stories; they were they're phenomenal. Mike Weir talking about uh, the upcoming. President's Cup, where he's an assistant captain, talking about his plans and his schedule, getting ready for the PGA Tour champions next May. He turns 50. Can you believe that? Yeah. Where is he turning 50? It's and, pretty crazy. And then uh, we're not even going to get a chance to, to go to Ian Carter, I don't believe. We're going to run out of time. But uh, our BBC golf correspondent from across the pond with some great stuff on you know Ryder Cup being a year from now. Uh, some of the slow play discussion that's been going on over on the European Tour as well. But Virgil Herring. Virgil Herring is a Callaway master staffer and he's a golf channel instructor. And he, we do these pro spotlights that Callaway puts on and they, they connect us with some of their master staffers from throughout the country. And they've been some of my favorite interviews, the insights of these guys and how they got into the game. You're going to hear that. And you're going to hear some of Virgil's philosophy. I love it. It was really, really good. He talked about uh, chasing perfect. I, I wrote it down somewhere. Let's yep. see. Too many players chase perfect, and only when it's good is it perfect. And when it's not good, they can't tell whether it's going left or right. And so, I thought, I mean, it's really, really good. Sometimes we get so caught up in chasing perfect. Anyway, he's going to talk about some of the golf swings of today and more. You're not going to want to miss it. That's all coming up here as we continue. Hour number three of Real Golf Radio is presented by You Went to Golf. Zion's Bank, Siegfried and Jensen, Hoops Vision, and our good friends at Barbecue Pit Stop. Um, let's get into it. 
Mike Weir joined us in hour number one. And again, talking amongst other things, President's Cup, his charity foundation where they just raised a ton of money, uh, Cougar Day and more. Here's Mike Weir. Hey, BT. Bob, good to be with you guys. Yeah, man. Good to uh, have you on the show again. Always good to talk some golf with you. And, um, you know, first of all, President's Cup is uh, it's counting down, right? I mean, being late in in uh, in the years, you know, generally speaking, we're, we're looking at December, but uh, it's not that far away. It's uh, the weather here in Utah starting to remind us that December's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've been uh, we've been on a group chat, all the captains and, you know, talking about how fast it's closing in. And, you know, Ernie has some some tough picks here coming up, uh, you know, beginning in November is when, when the picks will be made, the last four picks. So all those little milestones uh, are heading right towards uh, December and, and Melbourne. So not too far away. What is your, uh, from a preparation standpoint, from a player standpoint, I don't know you're not competing on the team, but is it is it kind of disruptive that it's, you know, sort of all the season was wrapped up and all the push for the FedEx Cup and, and yet here the President's Cup still three months away? Or is that a welcomed break uh, and give you a chance to for the players to recharge before they tackle that one? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I think, uh, yeah, maybe the players could probably answer that better than me. But I, I think uh, twofold, you know, because of the Australian season and the Australian Open and Aussie PGA, with the event being down there, I see why they, you know, moved it, moved it to December. Um, it's kind of twofold, you know, the, the guys that maybe were playing well in September, you know, you know, the, they're looking, the guys that didn't make the team that were maybe just on the outside looking in, but maybe playing well, you know, maybe they could, could feel like maybe they lost some momentum. Whereas guys maybe, you know, maybe further back or they're, they can also look at it as an opportunity to, to, really play well in the fall series and then the Asia swing that they're going to now and really try to impress Ernie uh, late here going in. So it's kind of, I think players probably have uh, different perspectives on that, but at the same time, they've known for a long time, this is what, what it was going to be. And um, you know, now, right now for the guys trying to make the team, you know, it's, it's key for them to really show the captain that they're, they're playing well and want to be on the team and that they're in good form heading into uh, the president's cup. So, Mike, as as one of the vice captains, uh, we understand, you know, Ernie's the guy who calls the, sh- calls the shots and that kind of thing. As one of the vice captains, what is your role as a vice captain um, to to help him and help the team? Well, I think, you know, for, uh, you know, for us is, is to be a sounding board for Ernie, to be eyes uh, with Ernie and, and provide feedback. You know, I've had a chance to play. In a few PGA Tour events I've played in, I've played some practice rounds with guys. I've played some tournament rounds with some players, potential players. The last tournament I played, I played with Sun JM, and he was the, the rookie of the year this year and just lost in the playoffs. So he's really showing uh, the captain some good things. So, um, you know, those kind of things provide feedback for Ernie. Um, when it comes time to the tournament, um, I mean, I, our job really is to clear the path for the players, you know, take care of all their tickets, you know, everything they need so they can just focus on golf. And I think for myself, you know, playing in a number of them and, and being part of, uh, you know, quite a few of the President's Cups now, I think, you know, just being a sounding board, uh, especially for the rookies, uh, new players on the team, you know, try to, you know, calm them down, put your arm around them when they're going to the first tee when the, there's all this noise. It's, it's a totally different experience than a regular PGA Tour event. And it makes them feel comfortable and confident. You know, we want our team to be gritty and competitive and, and, and ready to rise to the occasion. So, um, you know, whatever, 
you know, Trevor and Jeff and KJ and myself can, can bring from that perspective that we've been there and, and try to get the guys ready for that mode because, you know, match play golf is quite different than stroke play and every shot's more magnified and, you know, a key par putt here and there, a chip in. It's amazing how these little small things change the momentum as we just saw on the Solheim Cup. Just small little things can just turn the tide so often. And I've been on both sides of that. You know, I've, I've done some things where I've changed the momentum in our favor and I've missed a putt here and there that, you know, split it to the, to the U.S.'s side. So you, you know that there's critical shots all the time, every day and every match. So prepare the guys mentally, I think, is probably the biggest thing that, that the assistants can do uh, for the team. Mike, we're joining us here on Real Golf Radio. I, I really don't like this term, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Is this is this a must win? I, I use air quotes. Is this a must win for the international team in this in this competition? Do you guys look at it like that at all? Um, we haven't really talked about a must win. You know, I know uh, from the outside looking in, it, it feels like that. Um, we believe in our guys. We're confident in our guys. We're confident in our team. Uh, no question that we have. Um, maybe a slight disadvantage as far as, you know, the U S guys play together every year. Our guys are, you know, we're every two years and we're, we're from all over the world trying to come together for that one week. But we use that as a rallying uh, cry, you know, to, to come together and, and captain Ells has done a great job to, you know, really create that camaraderie early and often this year at certain events. He's met with lots of the players and, and we've met as groups and, and, and talked and, to get everybody excited and committed and, and feeling that, that team atmosphere. Um, and, you know, I don't know if it's a must win, but we, we sure want to win. That's for sure. And, and the guys are very motivated to win. You know, it's interesting with the Ryder Cup, you know, a lot of the Europeans playing just the European tour, some of them now branching over more and more over to the PGA Tour and playing full schedules there. But it seems like, the international crew, the the guys that uh, that you're going to have on the team and that kind of thing, are guys that play the PGA Tour all the time, and there's more familiarity. So it's it's more of a kind of a friendly friendly matches than the than the hostility of the Ryder Cup kind of. Yeah, I think you know, I, I think Team Europe for the for the Ryder Cup, they they see it as maybe uh, the European Tour versus the PGA Tour. So there's maybe a bit more rivalry, and obviously there's the, the history there. A little bit more, but it's it's still our our uh, the President's Cup is still intense. Uh, everybody wants to win. The competitive fire and, and nature is, is there, no doubt. Um, but guys do know each other a little bit more. I mean, my my first few President's Cup, there were some guys. I mean, I had hardly played with Steve Goose, and he was playing mostly on the European Tour in South Africa when he when he, the first team he got got on, and I got paired with him. I didn't know. Uh, goose at all and and other times Rio Ishikawa from Japan made a team he was playing mostly in Japan and and some other players um, that 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 happened where that's less and less now for the international side most of the guys are playing over here there's the odd guy from that's playing maybe most of the, some of his golf in Asia and maybe is, is on the outside looking into the team but most of our guys our core guys you know 90% of them are playing the PGA Tour so um, that's a little bit better for camaraderie's sake for our, our side. Well, we'll look forward to seeing how that goes uh, for sure, and we'll be watching. It's always a fun event, no doubt about it. Hey, Mike, uh, what, yeah. what about your schedule this fall? What, from a playing standpoint, uh, what is your what are you planning to get into and, and uh, participate as far as a player standpoint? Uh, there's not there's not a whole lot going on. I'm, I'm doing a couple of corporate things, um, and you know, I was hoping to get possibly get in Houston here um, in the next 
in, in a couple of weeks. Um, but if, if that doesn't happen, there's a, there's a small event that TaylorMade has at Pebble that I'll play, and I'll play the Australian Open the week before um, the President's Cup um, down in Sydney um, before we head over to Melbourne. Outside of that, there's not much. So um, I look to the new year, January, to play a lot on the Corn Ferry Tour and, and some hopefully on the PGA Tour as I lead into that magic number of uh, 50 in May and, uh, and kind of keep my eye on that. I just want to stay competitively sharp. You know, it's, um, if you're not sharp, it's, it's really hard to go out there and, and compete on that, on that champions tour. So I want to I'll play as much as I can and, and try to be uh, sharp as I can when 50 comes around. It's not possible. 50. It's not possible. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Holy know, mackerel. Crazy. Yeah. You know, you know, my dad always used to say, Mike, my dad used to say when he got on the on the senior tour, the champions tour, or uh, PGA champions, um, he used mm. to say, you know, no cuts. He says like walking out in the woods, kicking over a rock and finding money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how many events did your dad win out there? Twenty like something? I, uh, I don't think he won that many. He won, I think he won twelve, fifteen, but he won a couple majors, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so well, let me ask you a I question mike about uh, about your foundation you just had a big event up there in canada tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about your foundation and what you guys are doing to help the physical and emotional and educational needs of children yeah thanks for bringing that up bob yeah we had um, an event uh, my hometown in, in sarnia it's a small community about seventy thousand people and it's just been a real um well, I think, I think that there's awareness on mental health is, is talked about so much more now, which is great. Used to be people didn't want to talk about that if your child or yourself was, was struggling with something mentally. Um, and whether that's anxiety, depression, whatever that might be. But now, you know, it's kind of more open and more uh, apt to talk about it. And, and there's a real problem in my hometown. There's been like, kids, um, lots of suicides, um, far too many than, than what there needs to be at all. There shouldn't be any. And, and kids just don't, in my hometown, they don't have a place to go. And, and if they're, they have to be admitted somewhere, they're admitted in the hospital, you know, we know the hospital sterile environment. And um, so we, there's this um, program called Access Open Minds. There's a facility about an hour away from my hometown that's had great success. And we kind of looked at that model and we knew we wanted to get uh, that, that built in my hometown. So we, we had a charity golf tournament and we wanted to create something that was totally different. And uh, we did a par three tournament with food stations out there and just to have people enjoy and, and talk. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of volunteers that had been affected by mental health in their, um, in their lives. And, and it was uh, heartbreaking sometimes to, to listen to these stories, but made me realize how important it is to uh, bring awareness and, and try to get this facility open in my hometown. So we were really proud of the event. We raised $336,000. We have an online uh, matching donation uh, at MikeWeir.com. If you donate on there, my foundation will match. If we get up to $200,000, I'm going to match up from my foundation, match another $200,000 online to try to get this facility open in my hometown. That is awesome. So cool that uh, that golf can do that. I know you and Bob were at Cougar Day at BYU this uh, mm-hmm. the, you know this last week, and and all that that goes along with that as well. I mean, you, it, golf is cool in the sense that it can bring together you know so many people and raise money for these kinds of, of uh, organizations. Yeah, you're right, BT. That's the real cool thing about about golf. And as I get older, you know, you really start to realize how 
you know, what a great vehicle golf is for so many other things, you know, as professional athletes, sometimes, especially when you're younger, I think you get so focused on the game and trying to pave your way and have this, uh, you know, path and career. But as you get older, you, yeah, you're sure you're still competitive. You want to compete, but there's, you know, things are, things are bigger than just uh, shooting a score. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, Mike, we appreciate you taking some time. Sounds like if you got a little bit of an open schedule, it sounds like Bob and I need to find you on the golf course somewhere and, uh, and get out and go and play little, lose it. a little bit of our money or something. Let's do it. I'll, I'll kick over. I'll kick over some rocks for some money with you guys. Let's yeah, do that. I like, I like what you did there. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, good times, Mike. As always, we appreciate it, and uh, best of luck in the uh, Presidents Cup preparations as well. And uh, hope to catch up to you again soon. Yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks. All right, that was Mike Weir, who joined us in hour number one. Hope you enjoyed that. Love chatting with Weirzy, and good to know he's going to be around. Uh, hopefully we'll see him, and I don't know, maybe Bob get a chance to get out and tee it up with the former Masters champion. That'd be fun. That, I've done it before. It's really fun getting out there with Mike. All right, that segment brought to you in part by Hoops Vision. Get out to hoopsvision.com, and again, uh, you can request your free, no-obligation consultation at hoopsvision.com. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 on your LASIK procedure. I was with Hoops the other day, and he was telling me about some of the, 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 the things that he's done and how long he's been here in the community and the experience that he's had and the fact that he travels overseas and does um, humanitarian work. And all for all, I mean, this guy is unbelievable. Uh, if you're looking to get your eyes done, which I would highly recommend it, it's coming up on that time of the year where many on the end, the, their health savings benefits and stuff may expire at the end of the year. Book and schedule your consultation. Get your eyes taken care of. You won't regret it from the best at Hoops Vision and HoopsVision.com. Short break. We'll continue next. America's favorite caddy joins us after this break here on Real Golf Radio. Hi, this is Ned Siegfried. Siegfried and Jensen can help you if you've been injured in an accident. However, one thing we can't do is change the amount of your insurance coverage. You need to do that before an accident. By calling your insurance agent today, you can significantly raise your insurance limits for literally pennies a day. You'll be shocked to find out how little it costs to really protect yourself and your family. To learn more about this and other important elements of an accident, visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Golf course superintendents are the unsung heroes of our great game. Due to the game's efforts, we now have turf that needs less water, courses that are more sustainable, with many now offering natural wildlife habitats. From the days of old Tom Morris, golf course superintendents have given golfers a reason to love this great game. But don't take my word for it. Jack Nicholas agrees. If you love golf like I do, thank a golf course superintendent. A message from the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America and local superintendents everywhere. Hey guys, Brian and Bob here, two happy customers of Barbecue Pit Stop. Yep, I'm rocking the new Traeger Timberline 1300 with its three racks for more space. It's double insulated, so I'd never need to use a blanket, and I control it through the Traeger app on my phone. That's awesome, but I'm hooked on my new Yoder YS640S, also with Wi-Fi. This is the most versatile smoker slash grill that I've ever used. I feel like a barbecue pit master, but whatever you need, hey, Barbecue Pit Stop has it for you in one of their three locations, Lehigh, Salt Lake, or Layton. Or online at barbecuepitstop.com. 
Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. So you've thought about LASIK surgery, but you're hesitant. I get it. It's your eyes, and while it's a hassle to deal with contacts and glasses, the thought of a laser in your eye sounds painful and scary. Well, let me tell you, I had the same feelings until I went to Hoops Vision for my free evaluation. I was super impressed with the time they spent, and they put all my concerns to rest. I left excited and confident knowing that I was in the best hands with the latest technology. The day of the surgery was easy. No pain, comfortable massage chairs, and warm chocolate chip cookies to help me relax. And then the miracle. Within a few minutes, I could see. It's an amazing feeling, and now I can see where my golf ball goes, and I enjoy wearing sunglasses and not dealing with contacts that dry up out in the sun and the wind. It's why major champions like Mike Weir chose Hoops Vision. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with new techniques such as smile and camera, there are more options than ever before. Visit HoopsVision.com today and schedule your free consultation. Mention Real Golf Radio, and you could save $1,000 off your procedure. More choices, more experience, better vision at Hoops Vision. The first tee can teach young people how to hit a driver or how to stop a ball out of a bunker. But true success is measured by how well they perform off the golf course, by how well they use values like confidence, perseverance, and integrity in their daily lives. The first tee helps young men and women become better golfers. But even more important, better people. Get involved. Visit thefirsttee.org. Tee it up at Uinta Golf with their sizzling summer savings specials. Look for hot deals on items like TaylorMade TP5 Picks Golf Balls, now two dozen for only $80. Cleveland CBX Wedges for only $99.99. That's a $30 savings. And save up to $200 on Rogue Irons. Just a few of the hot specials you'll find now at Uinta Golf Shop sizzling summer savings. Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee, serving golfers since 1970. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you. This segment brought to you by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business and by the barbecue pit stop. Bob, what's you smoking this weekend? Um, I think I'm going to go tri-tip this weekend. Oh, I'm excited. man. Man, I love I a good love tri-tip. tri-tip. That's what I did last weekend, and I've been eating on it all week. That's the beauty about it. You get uh, you know a, a good couple pieces of meat on that, mm-hmm. and then you just slice them up, and you just put it in the fridge, and you got something to eat all week long. It's amazing. Yeah. And it, I got some pork ten- tenderloin in the freezer, so that's uh, that's going to make its way out here in in a week or so. Have you done much on the fish? I have not done much on fish. Yeah, I've got some fish. I, I've done just to sort of use it with my yoder. I can really. Uh, transition. It's one of the things I like is the, the flexibility with it to be able to, the versatility to be able to move it almost like a regular grill, but it's using that stain. It's burning the fire with the wood pellets, which is, which is fantastic. So you still get that better flavor, but it, you know, you can grill it up just the same as you would on a regular grill. And, uh, I, I love that versatility. Of course, you know, uh, utilize it as a smoker as well, but I did some burgers on that the other day. I used the grill grates, which actually allows the fire to come through, slapped sure. them on there. And, oh man, 
fantastic uh really cool stuff all your barbecue pit stop all your barbecue needs to make you a barbecue pit stop master available at barbecuepitstop.com or their three locations up and down the wasatch front here's our conversation with america's favorite caddy there are bag rats and then there are caddies pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the pga tour we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper. Here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio. Yeah, caddy joins us every week right here on Real Golf Radio. Hey, caddy, what's up? Did I tell you? And this this is a good one. So, Mickelson, um, Mickelson's on the first tee at a tournament, and his brother his brother looks at the other caddy and says, "We got Callaway." Callaway sixes, and then he leans over and whispers, and our provisionals are twos. <laughs> One of my favorites ever. And our provisionals are two. And our provisionals are two. That's planning ahead. That's hey, you know, you got to know your man. Right. Yeah. That's like the time, uh, I remember which caddy it was, but one of the, uh, they were coming off 18 at Riviera and playing number one, having played the back nine first. And Bob, you remember that climb from the green to the tee on one. Oh yeah. Caddy, the caddy, uh, caddy gave his, his man the driver, and one of the other caddies was going up, and he goes, hands him an extra ball, and he goes, "Hey, just in case, my man needs a provisional here." <laughs> That's the only way to do it, though. You can't give it to your man. Can't give it to your man. No, I mean, no. you got to be prepared. That's one of the greatest caddy planning. I mean, that's impressive. You got, you got. Yeah, that is good. That's good strategy there. Good stuff. Yeah. Hey, so that that makes me wonder, caddy, when you uh, when you think about the guys that are playing this week, I noticed Fred Couples and Phil Mickelson in in the field this week, and I, you know, two of the more likable guys. I mean, fan favorite players on the PGA Tour, and I know that Steph Curry's getting a lot of attention, Tony Romo's getting a lot of attention, but if you were to play a pro-am, would you rather play with Phil Mickelson or Fred Couples? And I guess maybe to help answer that for our listeners, what would it be like playing in a pro-am with each one of those guys? Well, Phil would be... You're you're guaranteed to hear things that you've never thought of before. When <laughs> uh, whether they'll be remotely true or accurate is irrelevant because they'll be entertaining. You're going to hear economic theories. You're going to hear theories about sports. You're going to hear things about physics that you never knew existed and probably don't exist. Um, it's just going to be lots of entertainment. Lots of entertainment. With and Phil. all you'd have to do is just ask him because he knows. You wouldn't have to even ask him. You might not. You might You might just get, get, get going, you know. And yeah. uh, couples probably, you know, it, it, it's hit or miss on whether he might have conversations with you uh, freely during the round. Most likely he won't unless he thinks you're pretty cool and then, you know, you're pretty privileged if he, if he if he lets you in the little gate and lets you in his little world. Uh, but gosh, I mean, just for watching someone swing a golf club up close and right there, you, 
gosh, if you like watching somebody swing a golf club in just a, a beautiful way, you want to you want to watch couples all day. That's a work of art. <laughs> I mean, geez, <clears throat> there's only a few guys who have have golf swings like that. Yeah, just kind of uh, silky, kind of smooth tempo, right? Uh, yeah. That's what you think about. I mean, it's like it's like playing with Sam Snead or something. It's, there's not many of those fish in the sea. That's uh, and and plus, I think you know you're gonna probably think you're pretty cool by the end of the round because Fred Couples is the coolest person who's ever walked the planet, and it's got to rub <laughs> off on you now, right? I guarantee at the end of the round, by that when you go to step up to hit your one of your last shots on the 18th hole, you are tugging at that this sleeve, you know, on on your shoulder. I guarantee it. Got the right arm up in the air. And you're, yep. doing, you're doing Fred Couples without even realizing it, right? You're <laughs> You know, you're doing the Freddy stuff without even thinking about it. It just kind of looks over and affects everybody. It washes over you. You probably took your socks off, too, and you're going just just golf shoes, no socks. There you go. Yeah. I could never do that, by the way. I'm definitely a sock guy with my shoes. I can't go no socks playing golf. I can't either. Not a chance. Freddy does it all the time. No socks at all, not nope. even the pet. No, no socks. You know, I, he's not wearing no CMs. No, he's not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to play golf. I'm going to play golf with the guy I'm caddying for one time, and we fly car, and we it's ninety some degrees. It's pretty hot. And we get out of the car, and he throws his tennis shoes, puts on the golf shoes, and throws his tennis shoes in the front passenger area. And I said, whoa, 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 you, you can't put your tennis shoes in there. I mean, at least put them in the trunk. It's going to be 90-something today. That, <laughs> car, I'll never get the smell of the car. He looks right at me dead serious and goes, no, you don't understand. My, 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 my shoes don't smell. <laughs> he goes, my, my, feet, my feet don't smell at all. There's, there's no odor. I said, no, no, no. There's no human being whose shoes don't smell. He goes, <laughs> He goes, pick up my shoe and smell it. I go, no, I'm not going to pick up your shoe and smell it, but your shoe smells. And he goes, no, it doesn't. And so he's like, trust me on this. So, okay, I'll take a chance. Come back in the car. You'd never know there were shoes in there all day. Wow. His feet didn't smell. So, Did he have some type of insole in there, some charcoal insole or something that had uh, some really good smell no. to it? No, it just his feet did not emit an odor. It was the weirdest thing. So I guess you can say his don't think instead of something else. Mm, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see. Let's see if I got something for that. Uh, yeah. Nope, that's not it. Let's see. No, was, there it is. There it there is. There you go. <laughs> All right, a little rim shot for you. <laughs> What's it like adding for that guy? Well, let me tell you what, his shoes don't stink. <laughs> All right, I'm done with that. Just had to have some fun. The things that you learn, you probably learn a little bit too much about some of the guys that you caddy for, right? How many caddy, How many guys did you caddy for in your career? There's a famous line, and that is, no man is a hero to his valet. That's a famous old line. Mm. Yeah, very true. Mm. You, yeah, you, you learn that. You, one thing you learn when you get out there at first, you see the guys who you idolize or really admired on TV. And, and, and I mean, Bob, you've been around plenty of them. You, you know that 
the more you get around them and the more you learn about them, the more you realize that they're either just normal people who have abnormal talents or, yeah, they got a lot of problems too. Yeah. <laughs> they got a lot of stuff. There, it, 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 so if you really, if you really hold up somebody on a pedestal, you don't want to get to know them too well. Mm. That's the big mistake. Don't, if you want to keep them there, don't, don't get to know them because they won't be there very long once you get to know them. You know, you were just saying something about getting to know people on tour. And I can remember I was caddying for my dad one year at the Bob Hope Desert Classic. And we got to one of the par threes. And I can't remember what course we were playing. But there was like a two-group uh, a two group wait. And so we were sitting there. Jack was playing right in front of us, Jack Nicholas, and with his, with his group and that kind of thing. So we were sitting there. And he's just, you know, he's just talking, having a great time with his amateurs and, and us and, and all that kind of stuff. And it was, it was like, as soon as the green cleared, it was like a light switch went on and he immediately went right into this mode of focused mode of, of being a professional golfer. He teed the ball up and hit it on the green, probably about six or eight feet from the hole. And, and, uh, you know, he ended up making birdie and that kind of thing. But it's, it was pretty amazing to me to see, like you said, how, how these guys can be so normal and yet they have such an abnormal talent. So Tiger Woods maybe first year, maybe second year playing as a professional, he's playing in the Thailand Open. And I don't know if you remember this, but he had finished with a 65, something like that. Right. And and Ernie L, he actually had a one-shot lead now, and Ernie Els had to birdie the last hole to catch him. And he's, he, they've, got the, they've got cameras on him in the dining area or wherever he was. And he's just sitting there watching and Ernie makes the putt. When that, as soon as that putt went in, which means playoff, Tiger grabbed his hat and put it on, and his entire face changed to Terminator mode immediately. It's like <laughs> it's like he just got his orders from the CIA to go take care of business. It was dun 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 dun. Just what Mich- you're talking about with Nicholas. It, it's like a it's like a switch a switch just flipped, and the yeah. guy just went immediately into warrior mode. It was so you can just see it on his face. We've it's seen like, that, Bob. Yeah, we have. Business time. Boom. Let's go. Business time. And he just he just got up and walked out of there really fast. And I'm like, oh, I wonder who's going to win this playoff. Yeah. Bob and I had a chance. We've told this story before. It's a good one, though, for a twenty in our 20th year here. But we had a chance to sit in the champion's locker room with Tiger and Billy Casper. Billy took us. Bob's dad took us in there. It's just the four of us. And Tiger's getting ready to go out for a Saturday afternoon round at Augusta. And we were just, of course, I can't help myself. I, I, I just have to talk to him. And this is back in 2005, the, year he, <laughs> the last time he won. So this is a long time ago. And he was still kind of untouchable at that point in time, right? But I'm, I'm, I'm talking with him from across the table and we're visiting and he's just answering questions like, you know, no big deal. Like anyone would talk. And then I asked him about the knee surgery. He'd had that knee surgery unexpectedly. Nobody knew he was going to have the knee surgery and he came, comes right off a of knee surgery and wins at Torrey Pines and all this stuff. And I said, you know, how do you, how, how does nobody know? You know I mean? How could you go the whole time without, you know, anybody knowing And he, that, that look changed. Remember Bob yep. right then he just went from a casual conversation to he, he changed and he honed in and he looked like right through my soul, maybe peering <laughs> through the back of my skull or something with these eyes that just were like a killer. And, and he said, never let your competition know you're hurt to hell with them. 
And I was just like, I, I think I peed myself Whoa. a little bit for a minute there. And, and then he went and then it like went back away and he just sat back and was just talking and watching TV and like, it was nothing, but that I, that we saw the switch right there with tiger. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, that's pretty neat. That's neat. The guys who can, who can do that. And, uh, it's the focus, right? Bob? Jack, yep. man, nobody had, nobody had a focus like Jack, but, but maybe tiger did. Tiger definitely had one. Yeah, no doubt about it. Jack's focus was was crazy, though, wasn't it, Bob? I mean, just wow. You know, he never he never never missed a putt that he had to make. You know, Mm, Um, at least that's what it seemed like. And uh, and there were there were a lot of big ones that he made. So I think the first putt Tiger. I think the first putt Tiger ever missed ever missed that he had to make was that one when. He hit it in there for Eagle on 15 at the Masters, the year Schwartzel won. He had about a six-footer, and you're like, here we go, and he missed it. And I think that's the first one I remember. So how many years was that? That was a long time until he missed the really had to make. Um, I guess that makes that's more relevant for a major championship. The one I remember was the putt to uh, extend the match with Nick O'Hearn in Tucson at the match play, and and he missed it. It was about a seven, eight-footer. And, uh, but yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, I think, I think we could all probably say that was the first putt, you know, whatever we remember what we think was the first putt tiger ever missed that he had to make. And he probably missed a ton. It just seems like the same thing with Jordan, you know, I mean, all the greats, they miss more shots than they, than they make, but you just tend to remember the ones that were spectacular that they had to make and they made them. So interesting. But I, I, a, a putt against Nick O'Hearn is a practice round compared to what we're talking about. It's 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 a we're talking clutch putt that you have to make. I, I'm incredibly impressed that you remembered he missed the putt against Nick O'Hearn in in what, what the second round of the match play or something. Yeah, first round. Yeah, it might have oh. been the first round. And probably he used to always lose the first round in the match play, right? So. Yeah, or either yeah. win eight and eight, eight, nine and nine and eight, or something like that. You know, the other thing I remember about that putt is afterwards he said that he was so focused on the line he didn't he failed to notice there was a ball mark in his line. And I remember thinking that's such bull. How can you not notice if there's a ball <laughs> mark in your line? You're staring down the line. How would you not notice there's a ball mark? Anyway, that's what he claimed that that caused it. He hit a perfect putt, but he didn't see the ball mark. And I was like, okay. They chalked that one up to another one of those uh, repertoire of alibis that Billy that's, Casper always that, talked about. That's what my dad used right. to say. You got to have a repertoire of alibis. It's never your fault. Never your fault. Yeah. How about, I still think that the best match play one ever, never to be equaled, was, was the complete dismantling of Stephen Ames. Oh, that's the one I was referring to. Yeah. That was spectacular. What, what was Stephen Ames' quote before? Before the match, before they played, something like, "I'm not afraid of this guy," or some, well, he made some comment. He's basically saying that Tiger really can't get away with hitting it crooked on this golf course, and so Tiger proceeded to be something like nine under through the first eleven holes. I think <laughs> it, was, it was something like. I mean, he was if he wasn't that, he was close to that. Yeah, and so he just. I mean, he just terminated him basically. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you know the best. Part, you know the best part about it was Tiger never uttered a word about any of it. Don't have to. No, he didn't. Didn't have to. Don't have to, man. Oh. I laid it down on the scoreboard. 
that's enough said, right? Just to shake hands and you know let you go walk in your shame. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. That was uh, that was a really fun conversation. As always, thanks, Caddy. Thank you, gentlemen. There you go. Thanks, That's the bud. Caddy joining us right here on Real Golf Radio. I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing, and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified. Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried and Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried and Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. So you've thought about LASIK surgery, but you're hesitant. I get it. It's your eyes, and while it's a hassle to deal with contacts and glasses, the thought of a laser in your eye sounds painful and scary. Well, let me tell you, I had the same feelings until I went to Hoops Vision for my free evaluation. I was super impressed with the time they spent, and they put all my concerns to rest. I left excited and confident knowing that I was in the best hands with the latest technology. The day of the surgery was easy. No pain, comfortable massage chairs, and warm chocolate chip cookies to help me relax. And then the miracle. Within a few minutes, I could see. It's an amazing feeling, and now I can see where my golf ball goes, and I enjoy wearing sunglasses and not dealing with contacts that dry up out in the sun and the wind. It's why major champions like Mike Weir chose Hoops Vision. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with new techniques such as smile and camera, there are more options than ever before. Visit HoopsVision.com today and schedule your free consultation. Mention Real Golf Radio, and you could save $1,000 off your procedure. More choices, more experience, better vision at Hoops Vision. Hi, fellow sports fans. It's Ned Siegfried. What would we do without sports? Following our favorite sports teams, whether it be the Jazz or the Utes or the Cougs, takes our mind off the many challenges in life. Accidents and their resulting injuries are certainly unexpected challenges that many people are forced to deal with. If you're one of these people, we'd love to talk to you about your situation. Call us at 801-222-2222. We'll talk to you for free or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Hey guys, Brian and Bob here, two happy customers of Barbecue Pit Stop. Yep, I'm rocking the new Traeger Timberline 1300 with its three racks for more space. It's double insulated, so I'd never need to use a blanket, and I control it through the Traeger app on my phone. That's awesome, but I'm hooked on my new Yoder YS640S, also with Wi-Fi. This is the most versatile smoker slash grill that I've ever used. I feel like a barbecue pit master, but whatever you need, hey, Barbecue Pit Stop has it for you in one of their three locations, Lehigh, Salt Lake, or Layton. Or online at barbecuepitstop.com. 
Tee it up at Uinta Golf with their sizzling summer savings specials. Look for hot deals on items like TaylorMade TP5 Picks Golf Balls, now two dozen for only $80. Cleveland CVX Wedges for only $99.99. That's a $30 savings. And save up to $200 on Rogue Irons. Just a few of the hot specials you'll find now at Uinta Golf Shop sizzling summer savings. Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee, serving golfers since 1970. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us. This segment brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, 801-222-2222, Siegfried and Jensen. Our next guest is part of our Callaway um, Pro Spotlight. We're not, we, don't, we don't spotlight their tour pros. But they're master staff professionals, the golf professionals that are out trying to promote the game, help you in your swing, and run the business of the game of golf. And uh, this week takes us to Nashville, Tennessee, where Virgil Herring is. You can find him at Virgil Torspin on Twitter, virgilherring.com. He's a master staffer for Callaway. He's a golf channel instructor and the director of golf at the Ensworth School in Nashville. This guy is fantastic. You don't want to miss it. Tune in. Here he is. Well, I got into golf because I tore my rotator cuff as a pitcher. I had been basically a baseball player all of my youth, and I tore my rotator cuff, and I couldn't play baseball. So it was a summer situation, and I was watching my neighbor hit plastic golf balls around his yard from one tree to a wash line pole when he was making a golf course up, and I was just interested in what he was doing. So I started playing uh, playing golf then. I was 13, and uh, I fell in love with the game. I fell in love with the fact that uh, – you know, I control my own destiny, uh, the integrity and the, the honesty and the things that go into golf were essential to anything that we do in life. And I love that we could use a sport to help us train better for the life that came about. And then I got very fortunate. Uh, you know, I was walking down the hallway one day and my high school golf coach said, hey, can you believe you can major in golf? And huh. I went to Mississippi State and became a golf professional that, in that route. And I've probably, I've been teaching golf since probably before I graduated. I was very fortunate to have worked with Brant Snedeker for eight years, and that kind of set me up for other great success for tour players. And once I started having kids, I I stopped chasing the tour and kind of fell in love with just helping kids achieve their college dreams. If I end up teaching a tour player, that's great, but I don't really chase it. And now I'm I'm, uh, the, the golf coach and director of golf at really one of the most incredible uh, schools in the country, the Ensworth School. We have this um, million-dollar state-of-the-art indoor facility, indoor short game area, three-track man, gears golf. We got it all. So uh, I'm very fortunate to uh, help kids achieve their dreams, which is the ultimate um, in all jobs. That's all, that's awesome, um, especially working with kids and, and that kind of thing. You mentioned that you worked with some tour players and some web.com tour players and that kind of thing. What's your – um, philosophies when, as far as instruction and how you teach kids, especially um, young kids, uh, as they start the game of golf? Well, one of the first things that I do is I try to get them to swing in front of me as fast as they possibly can. And I want to know where that speed goes. Does that speed go left? Does it, does it go right? Does it go more down than it should or more up than it should? And then I try to build their golf swing around what they do well, so I'm not a method teacher at all, although I guess you call that my method, which is I harness the speed and direct it toward the target. 
And I'm, a, I'm more of a path guy first because I believe that if an athlete is swinging in the direction they're looking, they'll square the face pretty quick. And I'm, I'm a huge decade follower. I'm Scott Fawcett's a good buddy of mine. So I teach the strategy based around the highest percentage play until we don't have a choice on what we're going to do. I teach speed, and I'm a big believer in you know deliberate practice and the, the keys to working the scoring elements in a proper way. What I mean by proper is our, keeping our expectations grounded in facts, not dreams, uh, when it comes to how close we're supposed to hit a shot from 100 yards from the fairway, how many, how many 12-foot putts we're supposed to make, keeping those things uh, well-documented and framed properly so that the kid can progress in a realistic manner uh, but feel like they're making progress maybe one step ahead of that curve. Virgil Herring is our guest here on Real Golf Radio. I love that. And I watched one of your videos, and I actually took it out on the range. I remember you were, you were talking about you should turn your lower body as far as it'll go on the, on the backswing. And then, you know, and you talk about that power and how it rotates through and, and, uh, you, you did it so effortlessly <laughs> and I should have put a video camera on me trying to do it out there. Cause when you think about it, it's different than when you're just doing it. But, um, uh, first, first of all, I've realized that I've gotten older, uh, Virgil and I, and I don't turn as much <laughs> as I should, but it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool when I could allow my arms to just relax and turn through and not try to go too hard with the arms, uh, on that transition. It was, it was fun to try that drill. I've just seen how far I can turn my lower body in the takeaway and, and, uh, and still get get back through to the target. Well, I think it's probably the most errored part of the golf swing is the pivot, and the second, probably the second most, because of a poor pivot, is most people are over the top. So I, I would tell you that it's not my idea. I just took I took what Jim Hardy teaches and put it into my terminology and framed it in how I'd like to deliver my messages, and that's where it comes from. Uh, and I just believe that if I can get people to pivot correctly in the backswing. It's much harder to mess up from there, but it's, it's probably the most missed fundamental in the game, in my opinion. Mm. Interesting. Um, there's a lot of uh, there's been a lot of interesting swings in the game of golf. You know, you think about um, like guys like Jim Furyk and and some of the guys that you know the old school guys in my dad's era, Billy Casper. Um, uh, there's a lot of interesting swings that are coming along in the game of golf, like, uh, like Wolf and, um, Victor Hovland and some of the other guys, your thoughts about their swings and, and how they relate to, um, being able to score and play out on tour. Well, I hope that, that what you would see there is exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to why I teach the way I teach, which is if Matt Wolf came to see me, I wouldn't touch his back swing unless that swing was creating speed that was going too far right or too far left as it pertains to the target line. All right, that was Virgil Herring joining us right here on Real Golf Radio. It's brought to you in part by Uinta Golf, serving Utah golfers since 1971 and home of the 90-day 100% satisfaction guarantee. You know him, you love him. Go see him at one of the great locations up and down the Wasatch Front. Uinta Golf. All right, I want to thank everybody for joining us here on Real Golf Radio. It's been a fantastic three hours every Saturday morning, 6 to 9, right here on 1280 The Zone. The caddy, Mike Weir, Ian Carter from the BBC, Virgil Herring, a staff professional and Golf Channel instructor who just joined us. If uh, if you missed any part of it, follow us on Twitter at Real Golf, or you can join us at realgolfradio.com or any of the podcaster sites as well. And we've been added to the 1280 The Zone website and the 1280 The Zone app. You can uh, check it out right there as well. So yep. thanks, uh, thanks for uh, being a, making us a part of the lineup officially. It's only been 20 years that we've been doing this, but hey, <laughs> we finally made the the digital realm here on 1280 The Zone. So just as easy to click on the 1280 The Zone app, 
uh, click on our show and you can listen right there on your phone. Uh, so be sure to do that and catch us live every Saturday morning, 6 to 9, right here on 1280 The Zone. Should be a good weekend. Tony Finau competing in Scotland. Uh, you've got uh, Johnny Miller hosting there in Napa, California. A lot of good things happening. PGA Tour champions at Pebble Beach. The ladies playing Indianapolis 500. Lots of good golf this weekend. So enjoy it, and we'll see you back here next Saturday, 6 to 9 on 1280 The Zone. For Dave Glauser and Bob Casper, I'm Brian Taylor. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to Brian and Bob on Real Golf Radio. Join us on Twitter at Real Golf or on our website at realgolfradio.com. It's been real. 